the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Check out monorail.com, America's affordable investment app made for conservatives who want to keep their hard-earned money with companies that share their value. Download the Monorail app today. Join Monorail. yourself a merry little Christmas. Make the Yuletide gay. Next year all I'm just listening and enjoying it. Welcome to the show, everybody. Dennis Prager here. Good Friday to you. Remember a rule that I recently brought to your attention, wrote a column on, devoted a fireside chat to, how do you know who's telling the truth between left and right? The best single guideline I can offer is which side suppresses dissent, which side censors. It is not always the case, but it is nearly always the case that the liars censor others because liars can't handle, whether it's in your family or it's in the nation can handle the people who say that's a lie. They have no response except to further lie. If that is correct, and I cannot see a single coherent argument against it, the left is the one that lies overwhelmingly. Or as I say every single day, truth is not a left-wing value, it is a liberal value. Liberals vote for leftists, but they don't share their values. The day that the liberal wakes up and realizes that, America will be saved overnight. The tragedy in America is that liberals do not vote their values. They vote for the left. But truth is a liberal value and a conservative value. It is not a left-wing value. It has never been. I called it yesterday the uh, the official liars, well, one of them, of many. What is it, Media Matters? Right. So this is a left-wing group that assigns people to, assigns conservatives to them to find a statement that they can then deny or ridicule. And I knew it. I I actually called it when I said it, when I spoke of the disproportionate role women are playing in uh, the harming of children in our society as teachers, as librarians, and in the medical sphere. It's just a fact that women are disproportionately involved in this. 95% of librarians where the drag queen story hours often take are female and 85% of kindergarten teachers are female, 75% of all teachers are female, and the teachers' unions are generally run by females, dominated by females. Uh, 
It's interesting. The same people who lie, all, all whites are racist. That's permissible. But to say that women disproportionately, it's a very big difference from the word all, are involved as a wrecking crew in the lives of children, that is not permitted. You are, you are called a misogynist, which is exactly what they did with my comment on this yesterday, so I'm repeating it today so that they can replay it. It, it proves that truth is not a left-wing value because they don't ask, did what Prager say meet the standard of truth or was it untrue? So they do it exactly what I said yesterday. They smear you, but they don't debate you. Because the issue of whether it is true or not doesn't matter to media matters or to the daily co's uh, or, or for that matter, to the mainstream media. Is it true is not a question that they ask. Can we smear the truth teller? That is the question that they ask. So the proof is, of course, coming from Twitter, where conservatives were, in fact, shadow banned and outright banned. This all came, by the way, PragerU really blew the whistle on it with our lawsuit. Am I right? And that the first... I would say yes. Yeah. That's why the, the Wall Street Journal, about three years ago, had four editorials about PragerU. And what... Uh, Google, which owns YouTube, has been doing. We've been shadow banned as well. We're not outright banned. We've been shadow banned. There is a group that is trying to uh, get us banned. Uh, what is the group? We just had the... Uh, NewsGuard. Yeah, New- NewsGuard. Yes, that's right. Another left-wing uh, hate group. And for them, too, the question, is it true, is irrelevant. Can we... Uh, can we suppress dissent? NewsGuard is unknown to most people. It was unknown to me. Uh, but they are known to groups that handle uh, media and thereby suppress media that NewsGuard gives a red light to. There isn't a truth-telling left-wing institution because it's not a value. Again, I I make that point. I wish it were not true. Can we defeat dissenters? That is the question on the left, not what is true. So Twitter is is just the latest proof. it, It should shock the nation. Is it even reported? I'm curious. Is the New York Times is the New York Times reporting this? We you have a copy there. Page. And is it on the front page? It is not on the front page of the L.A. Times or the New York Times. All right, so I have two newspapers from today. Is it on the front page of the Wall Street Journal? Here, take a look. Go unwrap it. I'm very curious. Twitter kept a secret blacklist, this Daily Mail, quote-unquote secret blacklist, of topics and accounts to prevent them from trending. According to data obtained by journalist Barry Weiss, with conservative commentators deliberately downplayed in what one called Soviet-style bull S. While another said he was treated with, quote, more censorship than Hamas. 
Conservative commentators such as Dan Bongino and Charlie Kirk would deliberately put on a search blacklist. Is no, no? interesting. So that that is very that is interesting. Look, you should all know the news division of the Wall Street Journal is barely uh, more conservative than the New York Times. The Wall Street Journal is two newspapers: the editorial pages, opinion pages on the one hand and the news pages on the other which is not surprising because the journalism schools produce these journalists and the journalism schools produced produce left-wingers now we have evidence to show that's exactly why my twitter account the last couple of years has been down 95 percent in engagement that was charlie kirk of turning point usa Those who questioned the prevailing COVID orthodoxy of lockdowns and mask mandates, such as Stanford University's Dr. Jay Bhattacharya. Did we have him on? Yeah. Yeah, That's what I thought. thought. So this man is an MD. He's an epidemiologist at Stanford University, but he spoke about the idiocy. No, idiocy is, I retract that word. It is an idiocy, but that is so what? It, uh, it, it was anti-science and profoundly, profoundly harmful to society, to society, the masks and the lockdown mandates. Stanford University Medical School, Dr. J. Bhattacharya, argued that lockdowns harmed children placed by Twitter on the search blacklist. Top officials such as Yoel Roth, the global head of trust and safety, you know what that even means? They come up with titles. Wrote in internal messages that he wanted more creative ways of censoring and muffling specific accounts and content. Another society wrecker man named Yoel Roth. So the the Jay Bhattacharya is the giveaway. A doctor who dissents is to be suppressed. A a prominent epidemiologist will also not have full access to Twitter. That was their attitude. We have the proof. History repeats itself, and we're seeing that play out with inflation. When Jimmy Carter took office in the late 70s, gold sold for $140 an ounce. By 1980, the price of gold topped out at $870 an ounce. If today's market performs like it did when Carter was in office, the price of gold could skyrocket from $1,800 an ounce to $9,300 an ounce. This is Dennis Prager for AmFed Coin and Bullion. Don't miss out on a great opportunity to purchase precious metals while the prices are still stable. If history repeats itself, we'll see a run on gold, silver, and platinum that will certainly drive up prices. Be smart and buy now, as I am. At AmFed, you're dealing with specialists who provide you with personalized attention, honest information, and sound advice. You'll never be pressured into buying outrageously priced so-called collectible coins or anything that you don't need. Take advantage of today's prices. AmFed Coin and Bullion, 800-221-7694. AmericanFederal.com, AmericanFederal.com. Well, 
I, I looked, I'm, I'm really surprised. It doesn't make any sense to me that the Wall Street Journal, it doesn't even have it down the left side. Do you have an explanation? I think you gave it. You think I gave it? Well, I mean, that, that's really a smoking gun. Uh, it's not even on Watts News. Well, it's got business and finance. Okay, that wouldn't be there. And worldwide. Wouldn't that be considered worldwide? Let's see if uh, how this is working out. Well, we'll look over the weekend. Well, there's a big piece by Rob Wiesenthal. Elon Musk slashes bureaucracy, giving Twitter a chance to soar. Well, at least they have that. Anyway, it's clear that left-wing destroyers took over Twitter and suppressed dissent. That's what they do. That's pretty much what the left is in business to do, suppress dissent because they can't survive dissent. So this guy Roth that they're writing about in Daily Mail, he was the global head of trust and safety. Roth messaged colleagues on Slack to say that spam enforcements had been used as a way of circumventing the safety team under enforcing their under enforcing their policies. The group would need to intervene if any action was taken to limit the popular account uh, Libs of TikTok. Libs of TikTok is a fantastic account. They all they do, they don't editorialize. They just publicize what the left does, like to your children at schools. It's the perfect proof that the left is the lying mechanism of the society, as it has been in every society. They, they don't ask is. Is what libs of TikTok revealing true? They just want it suppressed. Wow. The group, according to Roth, the group would need to intervene if any action was taken to limit the popular account libs of TikTok, whose account was tabbed internally. Do not take action on user without consulting with SIPPES. That's the special unit, right, to monitor uh, what they're going to do about uh, people they don't agree with. Barry Weiss said that account was suspended six times in 2022, and the author, Chaya Rachik, blocked from her account for at least a week each time. Weiss said that their response was in sharp contrast to that the, uh, when Rachik was doxxed with her home address published online. Did you note that? The libs of TikTok head, her address was published online? Yeah, it's a big deal. Rachel complained, but Twitter refused to take the tweet down. Isn't that so? You have to understand, that was the purpose of Twitter. Suppress the right. Suppress anybody who isn't left. They kept it up, the address of the woman who runs libs of TikTok. And it remains on the site to this day. Does she go on any programs, Chaya Rachik? I, I don't know. We should definitely give it a try. Rachik tweeted, They suspended me multiple times knowing I never violated any policies. This is what happens when you talk about things that they don't want you to talk about. Exactly. That's exactly right. 
So glad those days on Twitter are over. Thank you, Elon Musk. Musk replied, you're welcome. Twitter won't be perfect in the future, but it will be much better. Wow. Weiss also singled out Roth for criticism, saying he was active in censoring accounts. Guys like Roth and the others at Twitter, you have to understand, like the people at NewsGuard, they sleep well at night. It proves the conscience is a very, very weak mechanism in most people. I'm sad to say, the amount of people who harm others and sleep well at night is proof about the weakness of the conscience and the ease with which one can manipulate it. That is why this, when I ask people, oh, so you don't, uh, you, you don't feel you have to answer to a God for your behavior, or you don't have to obey the Ten Commandments, you just figure it out on your own. And they said, yes, I, I listen to my conscience. Oh, that's, that I gotta say, that's really comforting. By the way, I, the quote of the day, indeed, I think of the week, maybe of the season, and we're coming to the end of autumn, was uh, given uh, by Harry. Prince Harry. Prince Harry. He's still a prince? Yeah. Doesn't make sense. Anyway, Prince Harry. I've been reading a lot about the uh, the Netflix series and, the, and related issues. And he said, I should have isolated it. I'm like my mum. My... The, the term for mom in, in Britain and other English-speaking places. And he was speaking to, about Princess Diana. I'm like my mom, mom. I follow my heart. Hmm. Is that perfect? Yeah. That's what he does. The shallow man follows his heart. I can't think of a worse way to direct your life as I have said so often, those of us who take the Bible seriously know that it constantly warns about following your heart. In October 2020, journalist Dave Rubin asked then-CEO of Twitter, Jack Dorsey, do you shadow ban based on political beliefs? Simple yes or no will do. Dorsey replied, no. Does Jack Dorsey believe he lied? I, I, it's obvious he lied. The question is, does he believe he lied? It is hard for me to wrap my head around liars. How do they do it with a straight face and then say, I don't lie? It's a puzzle. Elon Musk has done the nation a service. We return. The Dennis Prager Show. You all have helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today, and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. On top of the special available to my listeners on the Percale and Giza Dream bed sheets, marked down as low as $29.98, Mike is now changing the game with his three piece towel set. This set is made with USA cotton, making it extremely absorbent yet still providing the soft feel you look for in a towel. 
The set comes with one bath, one hand towel, and one washcloth, typically retailing for $49.99. For a limited time, you can get this three-piece towel set for the low price of $19.98 with the promo code Prager. Don't miss out on these extraordinary offers. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. 800-761-6302. Use the promo code Prager or go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener square and use the promo code Prager. Hi, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager, and I welcome you back. Finally, on the Twitter issue, Vijaya Gadi, Twitter's head of legal policy and trust, also denied that Twitter operated such blacklists. We do not shadow ban, she said in 2018, according to Weiss, speaking alongside Kayvon Bakepour, Twitter's head of product. They added, and we certainly don't shadow ban based on political viewpoints or ideology. <laughs> well, did her parents teach her not to lie? I'm, I'm not being cute. I, I don't know how you say something especially publicly, you know not to be true. What percentage of people can do that? The answer is, whatever percentage it is, they're disproportionately on the left. There are liars on the right. But on the right, there is a fidelity to a code higher than the individual that you don't find on the left. The code that is higher is promote the progressive agenda. You may recall, it it certainly got a lot of play when I testified in the U.S. Senate at the invitation of the the Republicans. And uh, it was with regard to Google, which owns YouTube, putting... Uh, some of the PragerU videos on their restricted list, meaning that any parent who has safeguards against pornography and violence cannot have access to them. Libraries cannot have access to them by definition. It's amazing. Libraries were not able to see some PragerU videos, but they could have drag queen story hours. So when I when I visited I was asked So Mr. Prager uh no no I wasn't the uh the Google representative was there in the same room Why did you suppress Mr. Prager's video on the 10 commandments Do you have the answer that the man said because it says murder Okay that's what I really care about. <laughs> he actually said, because it mentions murder. 
I hope you all understand the the absurdity of that response. It also mentions adultery. It also mentions lying. It also mentions, uh, let's see, theft. <laughs> that's, that's what the Ten Commandments mentions. When it was my turn to speak, I said, okay, Prager, you will now release a Google-friendly Nine Commandments. The Nine Commandments. We will drop Do Not Murder. When that man said that, as an example, this representative from Google in the United States Senate, we uh, uh, we suppressed Mr. Prager's video because it mentions murder, his video on the Ten Commandments. So here's a, here's a perfect question. Did he sleep well that night? Did he not realize what a moral fool he looked like? And the answer, I guess, is no. I guess he didn't. The ability of people to convince themselves that they are right when they are wrong is almost infinite. The ease with which people lapse into, descend into the wrong, the ease is very, very worrisome, which is why ultimately a God and a divine code are necessary. They don't always help either, but they help. That's right. This explains the whole left to you. Have a holly jolly Christmas. It's the best time of the year. I don't know. For whatever reason, this is one of my favorite Christmas songs. And it's got to be for our lives. Nothing else works. So what if he was a big leftist? Say hello. And everyone you meet. Hi, everybody. The Happiness Hour. We didn't have that regular happiness theme because it's Christmas season. And every Friday since 1999, I've had the Happiness Hour. Happiness is a virtue, not just an emotional state. The pursuit of happiness is listed along with life and liberty as the essences of life the wise, infinitely almost wise people who wrote the Declaration knew what was important. And the the rule of life is the happy make the world better and the unhappy make it worse. So this is a big deal. On rare occasions I have a guest and the one I have had the most on the Happiness Hour over these what is it now? 23 years is Dr. Stephen Marmer. Wow, you're getting a standing ovation, Dr. Marmer. That's from, that's from Sean. Yeah, it's from Sean. That's true. He's standing. Yep. Uh, Dr. Marmer is a psychiatrist in Brentwood in Los Angeles, and he is on the faculty of the UCLA Medical School. He's a clinical professor. Is it of medicine or of psychiatry? Psychiatry. So they do. The, so if one is a specialist uh, in in pediatrics, is there such a thing as a clinical professor of pedi- pediatrics? Right. That's oh, that's the way it works. That's the way it works. Okay, great. So, clinical professor, and as I always say, I I know how lucky your patients are, and I mean that very sincerely. I hope some of them are listening. 
I hope so. Okay. So, Dr. Marmer is one of the handful of guests that I just, I either raise a topic spontaneously or he comes in with a topic. He has come in with a topic today. And I didn't know what it is, and I still don't know what you'll say. That's how much I trust you. So the floor is yours, Dr. Marmer. Well, thank you, Dennis. And uh, obviously, I'm always glad to be here. Um, And in Dennis Prager style, because you like to number Mm -hmm. the points that you're going to make, I came in today with five items which, if you master these five items, I guarantee your happiness will be enormously increased. Wow. So, the first one is, how much anxiety and stress can you contain without turning it into a destructive emotion and having to act out? And the acting out could be kicking the dog, it could be taking a drink or drugs, it could be uh, exploding at somebody, it could be doing something harmful to yourself. How much anxiety and stress can you contain without turning it into a destructive emotion that eventually causes you to act out. So do you want to list the five, and then I'll ask questions? Sure. Okay. It's Because it, uh, I, I obviously, <laughs> I'll have a million. Go ahead. Well, we might not get to number five. That's we, right. You're yeah. right. So go ahead. The second one, can you keep the good thoughts about people in your mind and a picture of the good side of another person you care about even in an argument or when they disappoint you. If you can remember that the person that you're having a trouble relationship with at this moment is actually somebody you like or love, and you remember all the good qualities about them, that's going to make you much happier and it's going to allow you to preserve relationships through periods of strife. The third is how much do you see yourself as fundamentally responsible for your own life and how much do you see yourself as a passive, helpless victim? Victims can never be happy. Only those who feel that they have some autonomy, however large or small it is, even as Viktor Frankl would say, even in a concentration camp, if you don't emphasize the extent to which you are in charge of your life, you're not going to be happy. The fourth thing is how much do you fill your life with positive events? Whether it's beautiful music or profound art, festive holidays, great literature, worship, transcendent spiritual moments, a favorite mentor, most of all loyal friends. Such positive events not only build up a reservoir of happiness, but actually it's been shown that children who are deprived of sufficient number of positive events in their life have stunted brain development and you can actually help people develop neuronal connections by providing for them positive experiences in their life and by the way that's we don't have to go very far to think of how these draconian lockdowns of the past few years i just wrote the word lockdown have have ruined our opportunity to have positive events and why so many people are depressed and unhappy Mm -hmm. and irritable now Mm -hmm. and finally last but definitely not least If you aren't grateful, you can never be happy. Gratitude is an absolutely indispensable ingredient to being happy. And yes, of course, we all have undeserved bad things happen to us. But if you are honest and you do a real inventory and you look at all of the undeserved bad things that happen to you and you compare them to the unearned good things 
that have happened to you. I can guarantee you the unearned good things outnumber the bad at least 10 to 1 in my life, perhaps even a 1,000 to 1. And just to give a couple of examples, on no merit of mine, my grandparents migrated to the United States. Mm. That was an unearned good thing that happened to me. On no merit of mine, penicillin was available when, as a two-year-old, I had pneumonia. And those are just a couple of That's a great things. example. Nobody would think of that because they always think about the specific done to them. That's right. But if you spend more of your time thinking mm-hmm. about the unearned good things that have happened to you... Your grandparents moving to the United States meant you would be born. That's correct. Given the Holocaust. That's correct. That's correct. So these five things, containing stress... Don't split. In other words, remember the good even when you're upset with somebody. Agency instead of victimhood. Filling your life with positive events and gratitude. If you master the majority of these, I guarantee your happiness will be increased. It's a terrific list. Uh, So let me pose the most obvious question I think anybody listening would. All right, let's say, I, as you know me so well, I'm not an anxious person, thank God. So, number one, how much anxiety and stress can you contain without acting out is not an issue for me. I, we all have other, there are our own issues, but that's not one. But what if it is an issue for somebody? That is their nature. How do they get, to, how, how do you control that? Well, there are, you know, kind of simple things like count to 10 or meditate on the good events of your life or think about the unearned good good things or think forward to the damage that could be done if you do act it out or you do succumb to your anxiety. In other words, that's not something that comes naturally. People have to actually work on it. But if they do work on figuring out ways of relieving stress that are not destructive, it will pay dividends for you. you have an example of a way to work out stress that's not destructive? Uh, take a time out. Uh, open uh, a book of poetry or a biblical verse to calm you down. Memorize a few sound bites of mantras to tell you that it's going to be better if you don't act out. Take a walk. Take a walk, exercise, uh, call a friend. This is in the 12-step programs. When you're overwhelmed with stress, call your sponsor rather than punch your neighbor or get into a fight with your wife or take a drink. 1-8-Prager-776 is the number. The, the, the $64,000 question in life, well, there are two. What is stopping me from being happier and b now that i know what it is will i act on it is that a fair way of of looking at this right yes so what do you do is a therapist's job both or primarily number one identify your your issues um that's the prerequisite you need to identify what's driving you that you don't know about uh, almost always there's a force multiplier in your childhood that is adding oomph to the misery that you're having right now. And if you can re- disconnect that for- force multiplier from childhood from whatever the present situation is and just know that it is merely the present situation and not the entirety of your mm-hmm. life, 
that will be better. But once you do that, you then have to turn from the ne- from identifying the negative to how do you enhance the positive. Back in a moment with Dr. Stephen Marmer, UCLA Medical School, 1A Prager, 776. The Dennis Prager Show. Howdy, all. This is the Happiness Hour on the Dennis Prager Show every Friday, the second hour of the show. On rare occasions, a guest, the most frequent guest on the Happiness Hour for the last decades has been Dr. Stephen Marmer, psychiatrist in Brentwood, L.A., where he has a private practice, and he is also a clinical professor of psychiatry at UCLA Medical School. So he came in with a list of five things that he assures you if you master, you will be happy. I love the list. How much anxiety and stress can you contain without acting out? Can you keep a picture of the good? Oh, on that one, the person you're having an issue with usually within the family, let's yes. say, or even a friend. Yes. Uh, I I, it, I have the chills because I, I I know how important that is. It's I my way of putting that. Tell me if you if you would agree it's the same thing, just different words. Is please remember everyone is a package. Yes, yes, and especially if you have a long-standing relationship. Yes, exactly. Then there's way more good in that. And you you mustn't forget all the good in another individual just because at this moment you're having... Right. And and if you can't remember all the good, get a new friend. Yeah. Fair (laughs) enough. Fair enough. Uh, You know, it's either one way... Either you are right to have this person as a friend or you're not. But if you're right, take take the time that they they didn't call to say that they weren't coming in, in stride. Yeah. And when I work with couples, I frequently say, well... Didn't you once love each other? You uh, do? Yeah. Oh, wow. Didn't you once love each other? What did you love about each other? Are, did those things completely disappear just because you're arguing about such and such? And, and you have found that to be a helpful question? Yes. Yes. Uh, that's that's real. Oh, my God. What you must see in your room. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> uh, in, yes. Oh, wow. What a question. Whew. You, you caught me off guard. Third was, how much do you see yourself as responsible for your life, and how much do you see yourself as a victim? Listen, with with me, <laughs> you can't be happy if you think of yourself as a victim. So I know somebody. Well, what would you say? I know somebody, and, and it's it's almost incredible to me, who uh, will not speak to a parent. It's not my child, just for the record. Thank God. Uh, and and what he raises is that all the the bad things, and I don't mean none of them are abusive, but the bad things he remembers from when he was 7 and 8 and 9 and 10, is that common? Sadly, it is far too common. And right now I know of several families in which that's the case. Right now. OMG. uh, Yeah, it's it's very painful. um, And, of course... It, that kind of number two and three sort of go together because uh, if you feel that you've been a victim of your parents, uh, then you only remember the bad. You don't remember any of the good. And you also don't see yourself as responsible for making your life better. Okay, they did this or that or the other bad thing to you. Okay, 
Maybe it did happen. Maybe it didn't happen. Maybe it's an exaggeration. Now what are you going to do about it? Do you have any responsibility for the way you make your life today? If you don't feel that you have any responsibility for the way you make your life today, how can you possibly be happy? Excellent. Also, since you say that is common, which drives me crazy, do people do, do these people really believe that if they if a, if God made a list of all the good things the parents did for them and all the bad things, the bad things would outweigh the good? I don't think they think about it that way. But if you if you did challenge them, um, I would hope that they would that 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 gets back into gratitude. Are they capable of being grateful for all the good things uh, that have they happened? They are interrelated. These and, things. and unfortunately, all the good things that happened to us, we assume we were entitled to, and like, are we grateful that? Uh, the air is clean? Are we grateful? I remember hearing once uh, George Burns got his friends to roll over in laughter when he would meet them at the country club and he would say, you got to try the water. It's really delicious. And, <laughs> and, they would, and they would laugh because why would anybody think to be grateful that the water is delicious? Right, right. But if we did that more often, we would be happier. And if we did that more often with our parents... We would realize that a lot of the things they did, the sacrifices that they made, the, the fact that we had a roof over our head, the fact that we had meals, the fact that they encouraged us in various ways, that would rise to the top and the other things would go to the bottom. I'm going to ask you the, the giant question that is true for all five things. And it's been gnawing at me in my thinking of what I call ultimate issues. All of the, all of these five presuppose that people have free will. I can choose not to act out. I can choose to see the, the all, remember all the good this friend did, and not just be preoccupied with this bad instance. So, if anybody is has thoughts on free will, it would be a, a therapist, because you see that's what you deal with. In a nutshell, because this is as much philosophical as scientific, but it's both, how much free will do people have? A considerable amount if you think about it in terms of compound interest. I can't choose to have been born in a different century or to have had different parents. I can't choose as an adult to be three inches taller. But I can make little teeny tiny choices which one leading to another to another, over time, make a difference. So uh, another 12-step phrase that, uh, that I, there are great wordsmiths in the 12-step programs. You might not be able to choose your illness, but you can choose your cure. You can choose your recovery. Mm. So in little tiny ways, you can choose. You can choose to bite your tongue. You can choose to count to 10 before you lash throw, out. Ex lash out. Uh, you can choose to... Acquaint yourself with good literature. You can choose to find a good therapist. You can choose to go out and exercise. You can choose to decline that third drink. And those choices by compound interest, one leading to the next to the next, each time you choose something good, a variety of better choices 
opens before you. Here's a, t- a toughie for you. What's your batting average with patients, getting them to master their life? I would say 75, 80%. Really? Wow. Uh, now, of course, these are people who come to me willingly, so they already have a predisposition uh-huh. that they want to make All right, their I wanna, life better. I'm going to amplify that and take calls. Dr. Stephen Marmer, UCLA Medical School. I'm Dennis Prager. This is the Happiness Hour. The Dennis Prager Show. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. We wish you the merriest, the merriest, the merriest, yes, the merriest. We wish you the merriest, the merriest, the merriest, you'll cheer. Mr. Prager, we'll start with you. Microphone. Uh, okay. Do I get my 20 You would think a radio host would know how to you do would. that. You would. You uh, would. That is a very fine point. I have no response. Happiness and more pleasure than you can actually identify. To play by being insulted by a U.S. senator. All right, let me do what Dr. Marmer suggested. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. What I would have done. Had I not counted. All right, everybody. Dennis Prager here. It's the hour of the week. You set the agenda. What is on your mind about you, about me, about life, about death, and needless to say, about audio equipment, photography, cigars, fountain pens. Oh, crud. Uh, What's the fifth? Sean, what? Classical music. <laughs> let Dennis be Dennis. Uh, let Dennis be Dennis. That is certainly true. One eight Prager seven seven six. If I don't take your call, don't be insulted. People get insulted too easily. It's a very serious problem, actually. The, the people are getting insulted too easily. How come I don't? I never feel insulted. Even when I'm insulted, I don't feel insulted. <laughs> Even when they call you a misogynist? Oh, that broke my heart. They called me a misogynist, right? That's correct. You know why? Because they they can't think. They don't pursue truth. Women are disproportionately involved in hurting children today. That's a fact. It's either a fact or not a fact, but it's not misogyny. Men are disproportionately involved in violent crime. Is that male hatred? called misandry, a term you never hear because 
You don't want they don't want to portray men as victims. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot a lot of stuff going on. All right, y'all, everybody. Yes, go ahead and here you go. Warren, Michigan. Robert, hello. Dennis Prager with you. Yes, sir. Nice to speak to you. Thank you. Uh, I would like to know if over the years you've ever debated a Holocaust denier. I haven't, and tell me why you ask. Well, because of your comments that you've made recently about uh, a place in hell for them and uh, there's a there was some stuff on your web page about it. Uh, just uh, just curious. If, yeah, if no, it's a very have. fair question. I I I I, I, I assume that was the reason. Thank you for calling. My column this week is DennisPrager.com, American Greatness, Jewish World Review, TownHall.com, DennisPrager.com, and elsewhere. Uh, my column is that uh, Holocaust deniers have a special place in hell, essentially. I do believe that. And I, I made the point in the article that, in the column, nobody denies the mass murder of Ukrainians by the Soviets called the Holodomor. Uh, nobody denies that uh, a quarter of the Cambodian people were slaughtered by the communists in that country. Nobody denies that Mao killed at least 60 million people or that Stalin killed between 20 and 40 million people. Nobody denies, except the Turkish government, the mass murderer of the Armenians in World War One. The only denial of mass murder slash genocide has been among people who hate Jews. The, the, nobody believes there was no Holocaust. I mean, there are people who, can, who believe that the earth is flat. There's nothing I can do. But if the, if they know very little about the Holodomor, but they don't deny it. That is, the five million or so Ukrainians... The, deliberately starved to death by the Soviets in, in the early 30s, 1930s. Because, you know, there's no great anti-Ukrainianism, but there is anti-Judaism or anti-Semitism as, as, as it is known. It's, uh, I knew, I, as I pointed out in my article, I don't know of a historical event that has been as documented or more documented, certainly, than the Holocaust. And yet, we have so much less documentation about the starvation of the Ukrainians, but nobody denies it, and as nobody should. It, it just it, It's just a form of, I hate Jews, and, and this is one way I can express it. That's all it is. All right, L.A., California, Victor. Hello, Victor. Yeah, hi, uh, Mr. Prager. That's me. That is I, yeah, actually. Uh, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I met you, and we and I took photo with you at Starbucks. Oh, I do remember you, actually. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Right. Yeah, I want to... Oh, wait, were you... What were you reading when I met you? I was reading, I, I was, I ordered your book online, your next Deuteronomy book, then I had already read it. Uh, right, were you reading one. it in Starbucks? Yes. Yeah, blew my mind. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I remember, yes. Guy <laughs> yeah. sitting reading my, my Bible commentary in Starbucks. Exactly. I have to say, 
That was a first. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Yeah, uh, so lately I've been trying to study Hebrew, and it's so fascinating. And uh, I've been reading some materials from rabbinic quotes. So I wanted to take your in. I wanted your take regarding Zedekah because you know, Zedekah charity. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because your previous guest said when you give, you get happy, and both right. the receiver and the gifter. So I was reading some rabbinic book that Zedekah could even make you happy. Could, make, could even make you rich. So I wanted your your take, your right. your deep knowledge on Hebrew take on Zedekah. Well, yes, it's a very, very interesting question. Victor, I, I, I'm thrilled you called, and you made my day when I met you. You made my day every day. Oh, is that something? That's it's a great feeling. I think he's, I forgot to say on the air, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's from West Africa. Anyway, uh, you will all find this of interest, why I said it was a very good question. The Hebrew word for charity, the biblical word, tzedakah, actually means justice. It has come in later Hebrew to mean charity. Did you give tzedakah this year? How much tzedakah did you give? That is a common uh, statement that uh, Jews would make. Or, oh, I gave X to tzedakah today. But actually, it, it, the, the Hebrew word for justice is tzedek. The feminine of tzedek is tzedakah. So it's not exactly justice, because justice is the masculine form of the word. The feminine form of the word is also sometimes translated as righteousness. But uh, it came to be charity. So the point that is worth making is it's not just to deprive the poor of some help. There is a very interesting list made by the greatest Jewish thinker, Maimonides, in the 12th century, of the, of the levels of tzedakah a person can give. And the according to him, and not only according to him, the highest level is to make it possible for this person to support himself. The highest form of charity is to produce a person who doesn't take charity. If that that's what we call wisdom. There is no wisdom today because there is no Bible today. Where do people get their wisdom from? the New York Times editorial page, or uh, their uh, woke teacher or some other nefarious force. So it is, the, it is a crisis of wisdom. But that is the highest form of charity. And this is a thousand years ago uh, listed. And what, what, is our, what, what is our phrase, teach a man how to fish? Well, what is the in the English? We have a phrase that that it, it is it, it's something to the effect: it's not giving a man fish; it's teaching him how to fish. This is this is well known as the highest form of charity. Coming to rely on charity is the lowest form of charity. It's sometimes necessary. 
but that's the case. By the way, religious people give more charity than secular people. That's not an opinion. That's a fact. Back in a moment. The Dennis Prager Show. It's time for play. It's a whipped cream day. I wait for it to hold you around. Those are marshmallow clouds being... Happy Sean? It's very easy to make Sean happy, by the way, which is a very nice trait. Also, it's also very easy to make him angry. <laughs> See, I, I I couldn't leave it with just a compliment. I just, I'm so sorry. I it's terrible. I can't control myself. <laughs> Remember, when men insult each other, it means they love each other. Okay, just want you to know that. It doesn't hold true in this case. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's go on here. North Hollywood, California, Kevin, the famous Kevin of North Hollywood. Hello. Yes, yes, Dennis. Um, my question is about um, is a trans is about a trans issue. Um, uh, first, I want to um, I want to ask if it's possible to do a biannual Dennis and Kevin minute. <laughs> oh God. A biannual minute of you and me talking? Um, correct. That is my Christmas wish. Okay. Well, it's beautiful to have wishes. All right. Now go on to the trans issue. Oh, okay. So the trans issue is, so if a biological man says, look, I'm a biological man, but I know, I know I am not an actual like man in my brain. My question is how does how do they know they're not a man in their brain if they're not a man? Like how do you know that you're not something if you're not that? See what I mean? I think I do. So I I have that question too. A 16-year-old girl says she's a boy. How does she know that? Given that the brain of a girl, the physiological facts are different chromosomes, different uh, different hormones, a, di- a different brain. I mean, it's just a fact. Male and female. She has a female brain. She has had only female experiences. And of course, if she's twenty-five, she has well, not even at sixteen, she has a female body. But she knows she's a man. She doesn't even know what she's saying she knows she is. By the way, the the irony of the left, because the left doesn't think coherently, and I believe that uh, literally, they, they have been teaching since I was in college, since I was in graduate school, that men and women are basically the same. So if men and women are basically the same, why is it trans anything? I'm just becoming the same with different parts. So obviously, the people who most believe in trans also most believe that there's no difference between men and women. So you can't have it both ways. Either there's a very big difference between men and women, or there's no such thing as trans. It doesn't matter. Because if you challenge them, Twitter, until Elon Musk took it over, would have suppressed that tweet. 
And uh, obviously the same thing holds for uh, Facebook and Google and all the others. San Diego, California. Jeffrey, hello. Hello, Dennis. Um, You know, I live in California and I'm starting to feel, well, uh, in California and the United States, I'm starting to feel, and I don't want to be dramatic, like I'm living in Sodom and Gomorrah. Because uh, California, they just re- we just recently passed a proposition, uh, you know, the abortion proposition, which allows a woman the unlimited right to abort her baby, even though the baby is 100% viable, you know, right, right before the day of birth, if possible. And I don't know why people voted for that in particular, unless they, A, were, were morally evil, or B, uh they were ignorant of of the uh, language, didn't understand what it meant. And then the other thing that's got me discouraged is this congressional vote with a lot of rhinos voting for enshrining same-sex marriage. It's the law of the land now, and I'm just getting very discouraged as far as what kind of society do we live in. Well... You're one of uh, tens of millions in the United States, maybe a hundred million, maybe more than a hundred billion, who is discouraged. Regarding the the bill just passed, with uh, a fair number of Republicans voting for it as well, my uh, my prediction, and I I have always avoided the prediction arena, but I'm saying it so that it be clear what the real intent was. It, it, it is only a matter of time before clergy are arrested in America for, perform, for not performing same-sex weddings. It's already begun to happen in, in the United Kingdom and Canada. I know that there's language about religious exemption. The language is a farce. You can't, you can't be a bigot in the name of religion. That's what they will say. Remember, all leftists are totalitarian. Liberals are not totalitarian. Conservatives are not, but leftists are. They want to control everybody's behavior. They even want to control everybody's thought. They want to control what you say in private, just like in North Korea. The proof is the eruption of leftist anger and hysteria over the comments that uh, that uh, Donald Trump made privately about grabbing women. He had no idea he was on a microphone. He was talking to one man, and yet they held it as this: this shows you who he is. If we judged everybody by their private comments, nobody would seem decent. But that's too deep a thought for the left. Alright everybody, Dennis Prager here. Hey, you want to... I'm just reminded myself... A truly meaningful Christmas present, Hanukkah present, would be any of the volumes of my 
Bible commentary. If you read the if you read the the comments on Amazon, there are five thousand Genesis, Exodus, and now Deuteronomy. You'll see it's uh, how how it affects people's lives. Called the Rational Bible. It's a uh, you get it at the Prager Store, you get it at Amazon, anywhere. It, that's a meaningful gift, and if they read it, they will thank you. The Rational Bible, all three volumes, or any one of the three. I have two more volumes to do. It's the toughest project I've ever engaged in in my life, and it's a very, at the same time, very rewarding. Again, the Rational Bible. All right, let's see. Let's go to Palmyra, Indiana, because I have a guest here from Indiana. You know where Palmyra is? Wow, you're from Lafayette. All right. Uh, Tim, where is Palmyra? Um, it's about 20 miles uh, west of Louisville. All right, 20 miles west of Louisville. All right, because I have an Indianan in the studio listening in. Okay, take it away. Okay, um, I just had a quick question for you there. You probably saw the screen. Um, I just, I know the left always talks about things being racist, you know. So, like, someone says uh, that uh, black people disproportionately commit crimes or more than white people. They say that's racist. Uh, so my question is, if that's a fact... Can it be factually true and also be racist, like they say? It's an now, excellent, it's an ex- excellent, excellent question. I have grappled with this question in my mind for years. So my view is, it depends. It is a fact that blacks disproportionately commit violent crimes. So the question is, why is the person making the point? The point can't be racist. The point is either true or false. Racism depends on something false. All blacks commit crimes is racist because it's so self-evidently untrue. Any, almost Pretty much if you say all of anything, it, it's a, a bigoted comment. But the second question is, why is one making the comment? I think it is worth noting the disproportionate number of blacks in violent crime so as to figure out a solution. If the purpose is to engender hatred at blacks, it's racist. If the purpose is to point out a truth that needs to to be confronted, it is not racist. That's how I have uh, resolved that issue. A, a guy once called me and said, you know, uh, Jews control Hollywood. And not not uncommon statement against Jews. So it's partially true. true. Jews are, in fact, disproportionately involved in Hollywood. That's true. So I asked the guy, you're, I, I, I said to the guy, to his shock, I said, you're largely right. What is your point? And he had nothing to say. He had no point. His point was, I can't stand Jews. 
And that's what I said. What is your point? Okay, so fine. See, what is your point if you point out blacks are disproportionately involved in crime? Wow, maybe the big issue in, in, uh, in many blacks' life, young black males' life specifically, is the lack of fathers. And that, that needs to be addressed. And what policies have we pursued to deprive so many blacks of, of fathers in their lives? Okay. So, yes. So, Jews disproportionately uh, control, if that's the term you wish to use, uh, or dominate in, in Hollywood. I think, I think it's true. Let's say it's true. So, that's what I asked the guy. What, so, therefore, what? And I asked him one other question. How, how on God's earth has it benefited Jews? When was the last pro-Jew or pro-Israel movie made? 40 years ago? 50? Hello, y'all. Dennis Prager here. Reminder of the Angel Tree campaign. Get a kid a gift. And interreligion, possible, or at least an experience of it, but a gift from a parent who's in prison. Got a million and a half kids in this country with a parent in prison. This is a beautiful way to reach out. Dr. Marmer, the psychiatrist, he, uh, he confirmed my, my belief that you're happier when you give charity. Anyway, the banner for the Angel Tree campaign is up at DennisPrager.com. Please click on it. Remind these children that they are never forgotten. And now to your calls. Let's go to uh, Dan in Invergrove Heights, Minnesota. Hello. Line. I want to know what you... Hello. Uh, yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. I, I want to know what you think of the idea of um, leaders of orth- the Orthodox Jewish religion coming out forcefully and stating that we will never mock the Torah, we will never mock the the, the Ten Commandments, we will uh, always require that we are respected regarding our free exercise of our religion, and we will never... Uh, you know, perform the oxymoronic phrase of a same-sex marriage, which is that doesn't exist. It's, it could be a civil union, yes, but not marriage is sacrosanct between ma- male and female only. Well, all right. So there's a larger question uh, here, and that is, uh, Orthodox Jews, specifically Orthodox rabbis, generally speaking, uh, speaking out on issues, and most don't. And I, I am very sad about that. Most uh, most of any group uh, is not speaking out today. And look, you've, you've hit a very uh, sensitive uh, arena in my life because I'm a religious Jew. And if religious Christians and Jews don't don't express what needs to be expressed about life today, if they can't come out and even say it is a gigantic lie that men give birth and if you have to be a religious Christian or a Jew to know it's a lie, that's a major advertisement for a religious life if secular people are are much more likely to lie 
say something such a gargantuan idiocy as men give birth. It, it, it's as idiotic as two plus two is five. But of course, in Oregon, in the education department, they say they do say the OED, or Oregon Education Department, has said that the idea that in math there is one correct answer is a form of white supremacy. Truth is not a left-wing value. I tell you that every day, more than once a day, because it comes up regularly. But my disappointment in religious Jews and religious Christians is deep. Most of them were sheep-like during the, uh, during the irrational, illegal, and evil lockdowns. Oh, yes. The... Uh, the secular authorities tell me that I can't have people come to my synagogue or church, and I will, of course, listen to them. Uh, it turns out that they were wrong. Sweden proved that they were wrong. Secular Sweden, I might add. So, what can I tell you? A disproportionate number of the dissenters for good have been religious in America. So I'll say that. But still, most uh, have, uh, have, kept, have kept silent because they, they don't want to be thought of as bad by the New York Times any more than secular people do. All right, let's, uh, let's go to more of your calls. Los Alamitos, California, is your name Tino? Is that correct? It's Tino. T-I-N-O. T is in Tom. Gotcha. I was right. Tino. Hi. Hi, Dennis. Dennis, you talk about courage, and I wanted to give an example of when you showed tremendous courage. Back when you were at KBC, they were brought out by Disney. There was a new radio person in charge. I believe it was a female. You came on the radio one day after a... Uh, intense meeting, and how do I know it's intense? Because you're transparent, and they were pressuring you to talk about Monica Lewinsky. You said you would not do it, and you said that your listeners didn't want to talk about Monica Lewinsky. When you signed off, something along the lines, you said that if you weren't back the next day, we would know why. Well, I remember saying to myself, he's risking his job standing up for what he believes in. That was tremendous courage. I'm amazed you remember it. <laughs> Thank you. I don't sleep well if I'm a coward. Most cowards sleep well. Look at college presidents. But uh, I don't even I don't take that much credit for it because I I rather sleep well. <laughs> That's my I have a selfish reason. Uh, for exhibiting uh, courage to the extent that I do. As I said earlier in the in the program, the left proves the ease with which the conscience can be mollified. Back in a moment. Alright, final segment of today's show. Dennis Prager here. Try to get in as many as I can here. Cleveland, Ohio, and Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello, Dennis. Uh, good afternoon. Thank you. 
Hey, uh, after listening to you for a long time, it's often come to my mind to wonder um, this this question. Uh, in uh, there's a proverb in the Bible somewhere that says it's not for those walking to direct the, his step. And uh, Henry Ford has said that uh, if you believe you can do a thing or not, you're you're right. So my question to you is. I'm wondering, I've often wondered where, what led you to decide that uh, you could not make up your own mind, you could not discern and know what was right for you to do, to be, to have, unless you consulted, as you've often uh, uh, promoted, the, the wisdom of the Bible? It's a great question. It's a great question. I think an, a, the average person who can put their feelings, emotions aside, think rationally, be, be profoundly committed to truth, can come to a lot of wise conclusions. The vast majority of people, however, are governed by their feelings. The entire left-wing agenda, since Marx through Lenin, is a feelings-based world, devoid of wisdom, and the consequences are there to be shown. If you even just ask, is it true, you're halfway there to wisdom. Having said all that, however, my lifelong study of the Bible, specifically the first five books, the Torah, upon which both the Old and New Testaments rest, has given me so much insight, and it is so profound that I have a phrase that expresses my theology in a nutshell. I don't believe in the Torah because I believe in God. I believe in God because I believe in the Torah. My vehicle to faith are those five books. And that's why I've written and I'm writing the Rational Bible for each of the five books. Because it will give you a vehicle to God as well. Stronger than even the one you might have. Have a wonderful weekend. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.